Behold, the Wild have made a signing. We discuss Sam Steele and what he can potentially bring to the organization today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we discuss the newest member of the team, Sam Steele, Signed to a one-year deal by the Minnesota Wild today. We'll discuss his fit, what he brings to the team, and what it means for a couple of other members of the Wild's roster. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams and guiding you through the offseason here on Lockdown Wild. A little quiet for uh, the last few weeks, but... The Wild making some news here today, so let's get to it and dive in to the newest member of the team, the Wild signing center, Sam Steele, to a one-year $825,000 contract right off the bat. No mention of it being a two-way contract, and so Steele will be on the NHL roster uh, if he makes it. I would imagine he will. Um, He will be on the roster, um, on the NHL roster, so no two-way situation, no up and down. Uh, Steele is expected to be part of the uh, the NHL roster for the Wild this year. Uh, 24 years old and collected 20 points, 6 goals, 14 assists, and 16 penalty minutes in 68 games with the Anaheim Ducks last season. 5'11", 184 pounds. Uh, his career highs set back in 2019-2020 were 27 blocked shots and tied a career best in goals for the fourth consecutive season. Uh, he has a career best of, or a career mark of 24 goals, 41 assists, 52 penalty minutes, 77 block shots, and 111 hits in 197 career games in parts of four seasons with the Ducks from 2018 to 2022. Interesting tidbit. And uh, all of this courtesy of uh, Minnesota Wild PR. Uh, he led NHL rookies in face-offs one with 369 and face-off percentage of 50.3 in 2019-2020 and became the youngest Ducks player uh, at 21 years and 51 days to record a hat trick at Vancouver on March 26th of 2019. Had some great numbers in the WHL um, as well, including being a 50-goal scorer in 2016-2017, 131 points in 66 games, uh, but had a couple, multiple seasons over 20 goals uh, in the WHL. And then uh, his lone season in the AHL, uh, which was in 2018-2019, uh, had 20 goals, 21 assists, and 40, uh, 41 points in 53 games, and then six more goals in the postseason. So. There you have it. Newest member of the Wilds organization is Mr. Sam Steele. Couple of things 
that I like right off the bat is they talk about the uh, face-off percentage. And so uh, coming in as a center. And so that is something certainly that the Wilds can uh, use some additional depth at the center position. Uh, his face-off percentages in 2018-2019, he was just under 50% at 49. Uh, 50.2% in 2019-2020. 52% in 2020-2021. And 49.2% in uh, this past season, 2021-2022, in 68 games. So he uh, he is somebody that can uh, can win you some face-offs, which in the bottom six is going to be something that the Wilds uh, will definitely put to good use. Now, just looking at the number of face-offs, took, um, was 203... 203 face-off wins, 209 face-off losses this past season. So over 400 and has had uh, over 400 the last two seasons. So somebody who um, on the fourth line averages about 12 minutes of ice time. So more of a third or fourth line guy, but I think this allows the Wilds some opportunities to mix and match Um, the bottom of their lineup, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. More importantly, it does show you where the Wild are at in their process. And we've known this for a while, so this isn't breaking any ground, but it does bear repeating in that the Wild are tending to lean more towards these young guys on free agent contracts because... The next couple of seasons are when the buyouts get to their worst. And so as opposed to leaning the way of free agents, the signings over these next few years will go the way of call-ups and or young players who maybe just need a little change of scenery. Uh, Michael Russo, by the way, suggested this as a potential look for the Wild all the way back in July. He said... One youngster I could see the Wild pursuing is Anaheim center Sam Steele, who was not tendered a qualifying offer. 24-year-old X 50 goal 131-point scorer in the WHL. First-round pick, hard worker, good defensively, can win draws. Just hasn't happened for him yet offensively, and a little over a month later, here we are. So it, it I like I like the signing because a one-year deal if it works out, then you maybe have somebody that can fill a bottom six role for this team going forward and truly be one of those guys because the other thing to keep in mind as well is as we see the likes of Marco Rossi, maybe Adam Beckman this year or next, as we see some of those guys get elevated to the roster. They're not coming in to fill those fourth-line spots. And, you know, who's to say that a player like Connor Dewar can't continue to develop and work a little higher in the lineup to where you will need some guys to fill those spots? And we've seen with this fourth line when it's rolling and operating on full cylinders, it can be a massive catalyst for this team. And so if we assume that Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, and Sam Steele is your fourth line. I am intrigued. I'm intrigued by that grouping uh, to see how they do 
which allows some versatility for the other guys that we expected maybe would have taken that spot in the lineup. Um, it, it allows for some versatility for the Wild, especially early, which they're going to need given the injury status to Jordan Greenway. So I like the Sam Steele signing. It's a very low-risk move for the team. If it doesn't work out this year, no harm, no foul. It was worth a shot. If it does, you can sign him to you know, some sort of bridge deal for relatively cheap over the next couple of seasons. And so you're just you're banking on Steel being able to put some pieces together in his game, and the overlying things that he's good at are some areas where the Wild can use some help. So I like the signing, cheap one-year deal, not anything that's going to really impact the Wild moving forward. Could be a piece that they bring with for the next couple of years, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Uh, We will discuss, however, uh, how it works out for the rest of the lineup uh, as we continue to react to the Sam Steele signing on today's episode of Locked on Wild. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stones? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Uh, For your second listen today, make sure you check out the Lockdown NHL podcast as we get closer to the start of the NHL season, recapping the biggest news throughout the NHL on a daily basis. Lockdown NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Sam Steele signing not only uh, will have a ripple effect on what one of the only lines with, I think, question marks on this team will look like, but it also could have an impact on a couple of players in particular. So we will start by looking at what I would expect to be the, um, the line pairings with Steele in the mix. I mean, obviously, Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Hartman, set. Greenway, Felino, Erickson Eck, minus Greenway's injury, is set. You've got Matt Boldy and the expectation that Marco Rossi will be a pairing on one of those lines. And you have Connor Dewar and Brandon Duhame. Add Sam Steele to the mix, and here's how I would take care of the rest of the line combos beyond that. So let's work our way from the bottom to the top, with the top already being established. So fourth line, I think if you go... Duhame, Steele, and Dewar. Have that be your fourth line. You've got a center in Steele that can win you some face-offs. And um, you put him with the likes of Dewar and Duhame, and I think that is a line that can be a little bit of an agitator as your fourth line, but also gives you a little potential upside uh, in the scoring department. So I would put those three together 
because you know you have a center that can you've got a center that can win you some faceoffs and steal. You've got Dewar with the speed on the outside. You've got the physicality of Duhame. Um, and I think that's just a good balance. And, and Dewar and Duhame seemed to play well uh, with each other once they uh, they got paired up, when they were paired up pre-trade deadline, and then when they got mixed back together um, after the trade deadline down the playoff push as well. They played well together. So I would do those two and steal on the fourth line. Third line... Of Boldy and Marco Rossi, I still am of the belief that I'd like to see Tyson Jost get an opportunity to see what he's capable of beyond just that fourth-line center role. For the Wilds, this is a real good opportunity for them to try to offer better than the Colorado Avalanche could for Tyson Jost, and I think they need to take advantage of that opportunity. You have a a former first-round pick who is really nothing more than a fourth-line guy for the Avalanche. Part of that due to the lineup in front of him. But there is part of that, too, that players play their way into spots. And if Jost gives you a little more, then he certainly maybe musters his way up the lineup a little bit uh, with that Avalanche team. But at the end of the day, would like to see him get an opportunity to uh, to try to show um, a little more on the offensive side. I think he's capable of it. And uh, so I would like to see him at a wing position because I think then that takes away some of the pressure of face-offs, which was an area that he was very up and down with the Wilds. Uh, in that category. So put him on a wing and let him um, just let him see what he's got with Matt Boldy and and Marco Rossi on that line. I think that would be a good combo. And so as we've discussed most of the offseason, we're sticking with that as the third line. Now, obviously, there is the injury to Jordan Greenway that – will lead to somebody else having to elevate to that spot to fill the uh, the position of Jordan Greenway until he's ready to return and we really don't know we really don't have any timetable as to how long Greenway's going to be out could be one of those situations where he just shows up and is ready to rock opening night of the season somehow doubt that but at the end of the day You need to have somebody in that spot. It seems like the likeliest candidates are Freddie Goudreau and Tyson Jost. So considering what I just said about putting Tyson Jost on a line with with Boldy and Rossi, you could go either one of two ways. You put Jost on the Erickson Eck line, or you put Goudreau on that line because he is more defensively inclined. Goudreau does have the familiarity with Boldy from this past season, albeit as center of that line and not as a wing. So the Wild do have some uh, some options as to how they look to, uh, to fill that spot. Uh, but... At the end of the day, I think I still want to see 
uh, what Jost is capable, fully capable of offensively. Uh, and so I think I'd probably lean Goudreau on the grief line and Jost on the boldy line and see where things go from there until Greenway's ready to return, then maybe end up making some changes. Nice part is, is that it seems like, for the most part, two lines are pretty solidly constructed. And your bottom six is just going to be all dependent on feel uh, as the season progresses. So it, um, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how things play out. Uh, but um, you know, ultimately, it all rests on what Dean Evison decides to do. Uh, and so um, should be very fun as we continue to um, move towards the season and look at uh, expectations for everybody on this roster. We'll go through a full round of best and worst case scenarios with everybody on the roster as uh, we gear up for the 15th of October. Another interesting note to bring up here today is uh, we had some updated over-unders on point totals for the, uh, the Wild and for the Western Conference as well. And so we'll finish today's episode by discussing those potential overs and unders on today's episode of Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. The 2023 NHL point totals with over-unders listed alphabetically. And uh, the Minnesota Wild will start there, and we'll just look at some of the other teams throughout the Western Conference. Minnesota Wild's over-under for 2022-2023 is currently set at 99.5. And, a half. and uh, interesting note that it was set at 97.5 last season before the Wild finished with a franchise record 113. Now, will they do that again? Probably not. Can they get over 100? Absolutely. Uh, it, it comes down to a, a few factors that we've discussed. If the Wild get improvement in those areas, I see no reason that they can't be somewhere around a 99 to 100 point team. Obviously, 113 is way upper echelon uh, for performance. So probably not going to hit that mark this year, but I could see them definitely taking a run at uh, 99 or above. So I guess if you ask me, I would probably take the slight over, but um, I'm not going to go much higher than that, I don't think, uh, here for this season. Some of the others from the division, Nashville Predators, their 2022-2023 over under is set at 97 and a half. They were at 84.5 last season and finished the year with 97 points. I, I just don't see it. I, I will take the under on the Nashville Predators. For whatever reason, it, just, it seems like everything went perfectly well for them last year, and I don't see them being able to repeat that. So I'll take the under on the Predators. The St. Louis Blues is currently at 95.5. They were at 94.5 last year, finished the season with 109 points. 95 feels about right for St. Louis this year. I still love what they have for a lineup. The defense is a major question mark for them, and uh, the goaltending without Ville Husso will probably take a hit. 
So I will probably, I'll just, I think I'll just, I'll go slightly over for the Blues, but uh, really not going to go over by much for them. Um, Colorado Avalanche come in at 111 and a half uh, for this season. Their over-under last year was 110 and a half, and they finished with 119 points, more than just about anybody in the league. So hard to uh, hard to not take the over there, considering it's the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, they have been one of the top teams in the West and in the entire NHL uh, for the last several seasons. Just a couple others from the division to finish up here today. The Dallas Stars open with a 92.5 for their point total over under. Uh, they were at 95.5 last year and finished with 98. I'll take the over for them. I think there just is going to be a log jam uh, for the Central Division of anywhere between 90 and 100 points. Uh, and so it's going to be chaotic again to uh, try to figure out who are those wild card teams. But that's what we want, right? Other teams, the Chicago Blackhawks, their over-under set at 67.5. I would be inclined to take the under. They were at 91.5 entering last season and finished with 68. Yikes. And the other team that I think is interesting is the Vegas Golden Knights. Their over-under is at 97.5 this season. Theirs last year was 106.5 points. They finished with 94. Take the under. Take the under on that one all day. And uh, the other team in the Central Division, the Winnipeg Jets, their over-under is at 88.5 for this season. They were at 92.5 last season, finished with 89 points. So interesting to get just a little barometer as to where the uh, the folks in the world of sports betting think things are at heading into the season, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online uh, with those over-unders. But uh, interesting talker. Ultimately, I, I th- I'm just going to say what, uh, what I discussed about the Wild just to kind of finish things off here today. Um, it's going to come down to a couple of areas. If the Wild get improvements, then I think they can certainly be a team with somewhere around 100 points, you know, 95 to 105, maybe somewhere in that range. But if not, then it's going to be closer to 90. And uh, I don't think that'll be enough to make the playoffs here this season. But we've got some good news here today with the uh, the signing of Sam Steele. It's an intriguing one. And uh, look forward to seeing where he slots into the lineup and uh, hopefully can impact that fourth line uh, for the Wild here this season. That is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Wild. So thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode and making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast for a full breakdown of everything going on throughout the NHL today. Locked On NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, just like Locked On Wilds. So subscribe on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any Minnesota Wild news throughout the week, throughout the offseason, throughout the calendar year. We will keep you as up-to-date as we possibly can with new episodes all week long as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.